Tonight, I tear myself away from Super Smash Brothers Ultimate long enough to report the news on this edition of Multiverse Tonight. There are many universes out there. Welcome to the one with news about all the others. This is Multiverse Tonight. Now, here's your host, Thomas Townley. Hello everyone, Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, Good Solstice, and welcome to episode 15 of Multiverse Tonight. I'm your host, Thomas Townley. This episode was recorded on December 18th, 2018. Thank you for all who listen, especially those in faraway places like Scotland, Sweden, Poland, Australia, and Hong Kong. It's a thrill to see these countries in my stats, and I hope to get more fans worldwide, so please share us with others. By the way, I'm now streaming the the live recording of the show on Twitch. I usually record the show between 1 p.m. and 2 p.m. Central Time on Tuesday afternoons, and it will be archived there and be on Facebook as well if you want to see me record the show. By the way, if you really want to help me out, like my good friend Anne, you can tip me via Coffee, that's K-O-F-I, Patreon, and now directly from the Radio Public app and Buzzsprout Player. We also have some merchandise for sale on our TeePublic store. That's www.tpublic.com stores slash multiverse dash tonight. Now, check out multiversetonight.com to see our show notes, affiliate links, the occasional original column, and much, much more. Now, let's get on with the show. Starting off with Star Wars news is an item that I'm going to guess means something to someone. Ed Sheeran, according to The Sun UK, the multiple award-winning singer, will cameo as a stormtrooper. Now, there is zero confirmation for this rumor, so maybe it's true and maybe it isn't. If the First Order is nothing but singers, the Resistance might have a pretty easy time of it. And uh, speaking of rumors and Episode 9, another rumor has BB-8 getting his own sidekick, according to a report on Making Star Wars. Star Wars, uh, Star Wars 9 will see BB with the sidekick described on Reddit as, quote, sort of a sidekick to BB-8. It's little and it has sort of a cone-shaped head, kind of like a megaphone shape if you can picture it. The post, the post also claimed that the droid's name was Dio, which could also mean its name was D-O. The report on Making Star Wars added that the new droid was sort of an ugly ducking duckling that treated BB-8 as its parent. By the way, Episode 9 will apparently go to a junk world and a swamp world, according to information leaked from the Star Wars licensees. Now, there are a lot of little news snippets on MakingStarWars.net. Instead of going through them, I'm going to include a link to them in our show notes, and you can go through them at your leisure. And while we're in the deep rumor territory, according to yakfaceforums.com, love the name, Force Friday, the big marketing push for Episode 9, will be October 4th of 2019. 
It should also be noted that Frozen 2's big merchandise push also comes out on October 4th. So plan accordingly. You know, take your take one take one kid to fr- to the Frozen 2 aisle and the other kid to the Star Wars aisle and say goodbye to your wallet. According to a report on Reddit, you know, I'm getting a lot of stuff from there this week. The new game called Jedi Fallen Order will, according to the report, take place in the Star Wars lexicon approximately five years after the events that occurred in Revenge of the Sith. And it will focus on a character named Cal, who was at one point a Padawan. That's a Jedi apprentice for you noobs out there. But following Order 66, in which the Jedi were cut down size by the Empire, Cal has kept a low profile and managed to escape their wrath. The game will come out next December along with Episode 9. According to the Reddit reporter, they went to a presentation by the company behind the game, Red Spawn Entertainment. Of course, anything from, from Reddit should be taken with a grain of salt. So, there. First round voting for the Academy Award for Original Song and Original Score is underway. But four scores have been told to hit the bricks. Music for Solo, A Star Wars Story, Green Book, Mandy, and The Other Side of the Wind have been disqualified for various reasons. The reason that Solo was disqualified? It was entered too late. Guess Disney had better times than to put a stamp on that envelope. A fan-favorite character from the 90s is getting a revisit. Timothy Zahn's latest novel, Thrawn, Treason, will hit the shelves next summer. According to StarWars.com, quote, Thrawn has been one of the Empire's most effective instruments pursuing pursuing its enemies to the very edges of the known galaxy. But as keen a weapon as Thrawn has been, the the Emperor dreams of something far more destructive. Now, as Thrawn's TIE Fire Defender program is halted in favor of Director Krennic's secret Death Star project, he realizes that the balance of power in the Empire is measured by more than just military acumen or tactical efficiency. Even the greatest intellect can hardly compete with the power to annihilate entire planets. As Thrawn works in to secure his place in the empirical hierarchy, his former protege, Eli Vanto, returns with a dire warning about Thrawn's homeworld. Thrawn's master of strategy must guide him through an impossible choice, duty to the Chiss ascendancy or fealty to the Empire he has sworn to serve, even if the right choice means committing treason. You know, it's a shame that Disney and Lucasfilm don't want to make more one-off film. I think a Thrawn film would be rather interesting, plus it would put him back in the main canon after he and the rest of the expanded universe were put into the Legends canon, which means that he's no longer part of the official main universe. Now, in a limited series from Marvel Comics, Darth Vader Returns. The series, called Vader Dark Visions, launches this March. According to the announcement on StarWars.com, quote, The fallen Jedi has been a symbol of power, a villainous commander, and a Sith warrior. But in 2019, a new limited comic series explores a side of Vader that neither fans nor the galaxy have ever seen before, unquote. You know... A side of Vader fans have never seen before, I'm guessing it's not going to be picking flowers. The series 
comes from writer Dennis Hopeless, with artist Paolo Venelli on issue one and Brian Lovell joining in on issue two. Star Wars Vader Dark Visions will take Vader to the darkest parts of the galaxy. The story will begin with a story that will, quote, shed a new light on the many sides of the galaxy's greatest villain, unquote. This series comes after a regular Vader series ends with issue 25 and the cancellation of Chuck Wendig's limited series, Shadow Vader. Now, let's get on to some Star Trek news. Here are words not used in quite some time and thought never to be used again, if at all. Axonar. The Star Trek fan film, that's fan film in quotes, folks, as it's far come beyond a fan film, Axonar has resumed production. For those of you who don't know, Axonar is a project to create a film about the Four Years' War that occurred between the Klingons and the Federation, a concept that was then partially used in Discovery's first season, but quite a bit different. The production was shut down by CBS and Paramount for violating copyright. For their troubles, they settled and were allowed to create two 15-minute episodes under a new official Star Trek fan film guidelines that have severely hampered fan films. Let's just say that a lot of us in the fan committee don't think very highly of Axnar producer Alec Peters and the problems he's caused. Well, the production will now film in both L.A. and Atlanta with a release date in the fall. There's much more on this update, but I think it's best that we move on from this. I'll include a link to this in our show notes. Uh, find it there, and just grin and bear it. Anyway, this month's Star Trek short, on, or short Trek, I should say, aired, and it was about Saru, and how he contacted Starfleet. It was nice, but rather incomplete. But nice. Uh, now we have word that the writers to how this story f- from the writers on how the story fits into canon. Speaking with Sci-Fi Wire, writer Erica Lepole said that the episodes take place about ten years before Burnham's flashback in the Battle of the Binary Stars. That flashback took place in 2248, placing this short in or around 2238. Saru made some amazing progress going from something of a talking, thinking cow to a command officer on a starship. However, I'm going to guess that this that his family has been eaten by now. Sorry, Charlie. Speaking of Discovery, we're going to see a bigger story than previously indicated. Anson Mount, on a tour of the Ticonderoga New York original series set, for the Christmas with the Captains event, revealed that the episode count will increase by 1 to 14. No confirmation from CBS as of yet, but here's hoping it's a long, drawn-out episode about Cybok. And uh, we have some news of the upcoming and still-yet-to-be-titled Picard series, although I'm betting on Star Trek Picard, or maybe Star Trek Retirement with Picard traveling the universe in his space RV. Anyway, uh, our first bit of information comes from David Nivens, the CCO at CBS. Speaking at the 46th Annual UBS Global Media and Communications Conference, he let the audience know that, quote, 
In 2019, it's not one Star Trek, it's two Star Treks. Discovery at the beginning of the year, and Picard will start at the end of the year, unquote. Our second tidbit of news is about the filming of the new series. As you know, Discovery is filmed in Toronto, Canada, the Hollywood of the North. Well, California, in a bid to lure back some of that production money to the U.S., USA, USA, is giving CBS Studios a sizable $15.6 million credit to help defray the cost of production. I am betting the Ferengis with briefcases were standing by for the money from the humans. Now, on to Star Trek Four Watch. The news is, well, no news. Nothing to be seen on Horizon. However, John Cho, who, as you know, played Sulu in the Kelvin Timeline movies, still remains optimistic. Speaking with The Playlist, Cho said, quote, I don't know what the ins and outs at the studio are, but I am optimistic there will be another one because I'm optimistic about what Star Trek says and its place in our culture, and I think we'll come back around. I think it's an important part of American popular culture that speaks to America's best impulses, and I think there will always be a place for Star Trek films, and I just hope to be in it, and there isn't another totally different group of people. I am bullish about it, and honestly, for personal reasons, I suppose the last film has a cloud over it, losing Anton after the last one, and for me, it would be important personally to make one more at least. I think it would alleviate that part of us a little bit to make at least one more, unquote. Well said, John, well said. Anyway, a new book in the Star Trek Little Golden Book line is coming in 2019, following I am Spock and I am Captain Kirk in January comes Too Many Tribbles, inspired by The Trouble of Tribbles, and comes from author Frank Berrios and illustrator Ethan Beavers. The blurb for the book is as follows. Captain Kirk and the crew of the Starship Enterprise are ready for almost anything, except Tribbles. When these small furry creatures invade the ship, Captain Kirk and the crew must act quickly before they are buried in furballs. Star Trek fans of all ages will love this action-packed low-golden book featuring Captain Kirk, Mr. Spock, and the rest of the crew from the classic TV series in a unique retro art style. Too Many Tribbles comes out in July. Unquote. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta see it. You know, I, I need something to read to my little Tribbles. Ain't that right, little Tribbles? Yeah, that's right. They wanted to remind me that, you know, it, it was uh, time for Marvel News. Avengers Endgame is on track to meet Infinity War's box office take, with some analysts saying it could hit $2 billion in worldwide sales and $600 million in the U.S. Infinity Wars brought in over 678 in the U.S. and about $2.5 billion worldwide. The film will be under pressure to cross the mark as a month later, Godzilla 2 comes out. No, no, Godzilla. Uh, Tony Stark's plight in the Endgame trailer has people asking NASA on social media to save Iron Man. Here's just a few that ComicBook.com found at Yehei Pizza, quote, 
Hello, Mr. At NASA. Can you please rescue Tony Stark? He's stuck somewhere in outer space, and his food and water supply ran out four days ago. His oxygen levels are pleading. We don't know how long he has before he drifts off. Please! Unquote. At Charlie Hunter 91 said, quote, At NASA, while you guys are having fun with your family and friends, Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man, is stuck somewhere in space. Please go and rescue him. Please hurry. So, forget Space Force. Let's save Iron Man. Or we could just wait for Captain Marvel to save him in, in Endgame. I'm sure that's probably the what's going to happen anyway. Uber fanboy and filmmaker Kevin Smith has seen Infinity War a lot. Mr. Smith dropped by IMDb for their Best of 2018 roundup and revealed that Infinity War was his favorite movie of 2018, admitting that he's watched it 48 times, saying, quote, That is the absolute closest I've ever seen to a comic book coming to life. I th- unquote. You know, I think we can all agree to this. Now, will Endgame blow Kevin's mind? Just as long as it doesn't blow out his heart again. We, don't, we need you, Kevin. Stay alive. Marvel Studios released the first trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home. Far From Home. At Brazil's CCXP conference a few days ago. Unfortunately, they haven't released it so that the rest of us can enjoy it. But we do have some reports about what it contained. We will see our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man on an overseas school trip to Europe. And wouldn't you know it, trouble breaks out and he has left his suit at home. Don't! Luckily, Nick Fury shows up to recruit Peter, telling him that creatures called Elementals are creating havoc and he gives Spidey a stealth Spidey suit and a partner, Mysterio. You know, that sounds good. Now, just release the trailer so we can see it. After Netflix canceled Daredevil, Luke Cage and Iron Fist, you might have thought that uh, they'd return on oh Hulu or Disney's new live Disney's new streaming service, Disney Plus. Well, just in time to burst your bubble comes a report from Variety that the deal between Marvel Television and Netflix contains a clause that says the characters from these shows can't appear on any non-Netflix series or film until two years after cancellation. That means that if you want to see Daredevil's, a new Daredevil series, you're going to have to wait till 2020. Sorry, Charlie. Speaking of Marvel on Netflix, not canceled... By the way, this means that if this is canceled after next season, it won't be until it won't be available until 2021. The Punisher is scheduled for release next month in January. Now, no precise date has been forthcoming, so we'll just have to wait and see. And now a quick a quick moment from Radio Public. I'd like to thank you for listening to this edition of Multiverse tonight. You know, one way to support the show is to listen with Radio Public. Every episode of Multiverse Tonight that is heard through the Radio Public app for iPhone and Android means that we make money so this show can grow. There's a link to our show in the episode notes. Give it a try today. Now, back to our show. 
20th Century Fox has revealed that the PG ver- PG-13 version of Deadpool 2, Once Upon Deadpool, will count towards the overall gross of Deadpool 2 and not act as a separate movie. Deadpool 2, the R-rated cut, brought in $734.2 million with the initial release. It'll be interesting to see what the PG-13 version adds to the total for that sequel, and if this will be something that Fox will want to do with any future releases. Spider-Ham, Spider-Ham, does whatever a Spider-Ham does. Could it be his own movie? John Mulaney's Spider-Ham seems to be a breakout character from Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. The movie opened this past weekend, and it made $35.4 million over its first three days in the United States. This sets an all-time record for any animated movie released in December. The movie was the number one movie of the weekend by far, beating Clint Eastwood's The Mule like a government one. The Mule came in second with $17.2 million, and the brass have been taking notice. Ask about if a Spider-Ham sequel is in the cards. By Vanity Fair, producer Amy Pascal said, quote, Of course, you can imagine how much the kids love that character, unquote. Producer Avi Arad also chimed in with, quote, Yeah, we want Piggy, unquote. And producers Phil Lord, producer Phil Lord said to comicbook.com, quote, I just want Spider. I just want to spy, I just want to Spider Ham shorts. I want to spin off the Spider Ham, the Spider Ham cinematic television universe. Unquote. Even if he was just joking, Lord said that he did not want to get ahead of themselves before the film was released in theaters. I guess only Ham will tell. Now let's go to some DC news. We start DC News with an interesting development. Last episode, I told you about a Blue Beetle movie being put into development. Well, now we get a new movie, Plastic Man. A report in The Hollywood Reporter says that Amanda Idoko will pen the script for executive producer Robert Shea and is described as a comedic action adventure. Could this be DC's answer to Deadpool? Plastic Man did start out as a criminal before he fell into the vat of chemicals and became a superhero. And since the movie is in development, there's already interest in the part. Actor Ben Schwartz of Parks and Recreation and House of Lies fame tweeted out, quote, I'll start stretching now just in case, unquote. Ben expressed interest in the role way back in April. Also interested in the role is Venom star Reed Scott, who... And so, uh, may the stretchiest man win. Now, before we get Season 4 of Lucifer on Netflix, we got word from showrunner Ildi Modrovic that Seasons 1 through 3 are now available to stream on the streaming service. He tweeted, They're going to make Seasons 1 through 3 available before Season 4 so everyone can rewatch and new folks can catch up. And we'll have exact release dates for both soon. Hang tight. Unquote. Good, because I still haven't seen Season 2 and 3, so I have a lot to catch up on. So many geeky things, so little time. You can find those on Netflix now. Take a moment to take in the full name of the Birds of Prey movie again. Birds of Prey, 
and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. You know, this will never see a marquee in full. Most likely, it will be shortened to Birds of Prey and Harley Quinn, or just Birds of Prey. To answer how we got this long title, screenwriter Christina Hodson spoke to Collider in an interview, quote, I don't know if I'm officially allowed to say, but there's no reason why not. It was an unofficial AKA when I wrote the script. I added it about a year or so ago, almost exactly as it is, just as an AKA. I didn't know we'd ever use it. We'd always used a working title, so I just had it has a cheeky little thing on the front cover. And then when we were talking about a title and brainstorming, we all kept drifting back to that one. Unquote. I wonder how they got the studio to go along with this. However, star Margot Robbie's into it, quote, I love a long title, she explained. I said that when we were trying to come up with the title, did you ever see the hundred-year-old man who, came, who climbed out the window and disappeared? It's a long title, but I love it, unquote. Maybe we can initialize it. B-O-P-F-E-O-H-Q. Mm, maybe not. Aquaman star Amber Heard wants to see Mera team up with another DC legend. Speaking with the Hollywood Reporter, she said, quote, I would really love to see, I'd really love to team up with Wonder Woman. That would be a kick-ass duo right there. But I'm vying for a spinoff, right? You heard it here, Mera and Wonder Woman spinoff. Go for it, Warner Brothers, unquote. Now, according to, now, considering that Aquaman and Wonder Woman might just be the two best spin-offs of the DCEU, this might not be a bad idea. Perhaps, Warner Brothers, you should pursue this. Industry experts are looking at Aquaman's opening weekend to bring in about $65 million and about $100 million worldwide. The movie will have pretty stiff, co- stiff competition, though, as it goes up against the Transformers spin-off, Bumblebee, and Murray Poppins Returns. And uh, speaking of Aquaman, Jason Momoa's night on Saturday Night Live did really well. According to Deadline, his episode averaged a 4.3 live plus same-day rating. This is an improvement from the previous week with Claire Foy. Her edition came in at 4.1. The episode featured Momoa barefoot with wearing pink pants, a bit on, on how Aquaman lacks a theme song, and saw the actor reprise his role as Khal Drago from Game of Thrones. Real cool. Arrow star Katie Cassidy, who plays Laurel Lance, has gotten married. Katie has confirmed her marriage to Matthew Rogers on the post on her Instagram. The couple first got engaged back in June of 2017. Congratulations to the couple. Not to be outdone, recently hitched is the Flash himself, Grant Gustin, and his girlfriend, Andrea Thoma. They are now officially married. The couple held their wedding Saturday, December 15th, at the Valentine DTLA in Los Angeles. Congratulations to the fastest man alive. Now, let's go to the geek news. Now, we're still a few weeks away from Season 2 of The Orville, and we have some good news that might help get get that Season 3 order. The Orville has been awarded a California TV tax credit to the tune of $15.8 million. The production received a $14 million credit for the second season. 
Now, keep in mind, this doesn't mean that it's a definite that they'll get that Season 3, but that little bit of credit does go a long way. Viewers of Frosty the Snowman have caught on to something interesting in the Eternal Christmas special. The biggest critique on the 1969 special so far is the choice of clothing on the children characters, mainly that they appear to be wearing shorts in winter. Comicbook.com has listed some of the tweets, such as, quote, How does Karen get off the roof when Santa drops her off? And why are they wearing shorts and no coats in the snow? From at Texas Triplet Mom, and while we're all over analyzing holiday classics, let's consider the outerwear selected for these children by their parents in this holiday classic, which comes from at Beers Joshua. Of course, let's just point out that this is a cartoon. Perhaps the animators didn't have enough ink to make full pants. A new report from Japanese Nintendo notes that two new trademarks have been filed for two Wii games, Super Mario Galaxy and Metroid Other M. With the other notes, quote, Nintendo Company Limited has applied for a Super Mario Galaxy and Metroid Other M trademark in Japan for purposes including video game program, downloadable video game program, and program for smartphone. So does this mean that we might see these two games re-released for the Switch? Or maybe a cell phone release instead? Only time will tell. The 2018 Game Awards happened. Let's take a look at some of the winners. God of War won Game of the Year, Best Action Adventure Game, Best Game Direction, Best Narrative, Best Audio Design, and Best Score for Music. Now, uh, the uh, now Red Redemption 2 won for Best Performance for Roger Clark as Arthur Morgan, and Fortnite won for Best outgoing, Ongoing Game and Best Multiplayer Game. Best Fighting Game went to Dragon Ball Fighter Z, and Overwatch won Best Esports Game. Congrats to all the winners. Amazon Studios has announced plans to turn the illustrated novella The Refrigerator Monologues into a super female-empowered superhero show entitled Dead Town with Whippet screenwriter Shauna Cross. Here's the plot of the show. Five recently dead women meet in Dead Town, a purgatory where they discover that their entire lives were merely in service to the superhero men they happen to cross paths with, resulting in each of their deaths. Reads Deadline's description. Or in comic book terms, they were refrigerated, frozen out of the story once they provide emotional support for the men. Until now. Unquote. The Refrigerator Monologues was written by Catherine M. Valenta and illustrated by Anna, Annie Wu, and was optioned by Entertainment One and Green Matter Entertainment, who in turn reportedly sold it to Amazon. Now, there's no word yet on the release schedule or production schedule for the show. This sounds very, very interesting. I might have to re- re- read the Refrigerator Monologues. From the What the Hell file comes word from the Hollywood Reporter that Benicio Del Toro has signed on to be the voice of Swiper in the live-action feature film version of Dora the Explorer. The movie wrapped a production in Australia two weeks ago, but it's not like you need the voice for a character in real life when filming in live-action. The movie stars Isabella Munner as the, t- as the teenage titular Dora, 
a girl accustomed to the jungle life with her parents and now forced to explore the uncharted terrain of high school and stars Michael Pena and Eva Longoria as her parents as well as Eugenio Debrez as Adriana Barraza and Tamara Morrison among others Swiper, no watching! Swiper, no watching! Swiper, no watching! Now, tonight, we closed out the show noting the passing of writer and producer John D.F. Black. John D.F. Black is best known as the writer of the original Star Trek episode, The Naked Time. He also wrote the Next Generation episode, Justice, under the nom de plume of Ralph Willis, and also received story by credit for the episode, The Naked Now. The Naked Time gave Black a Hugo Award nomination. Outside of Star Trek, Black's credits include writing work on The Unearthly, Mr. Novak, the Kathleen Lee Crosby version of Wonder Woman, The Fugitive, Shaft, Charlie's Angels, and Murder, She Wrote. He also directed an episode of Charlie's Angels. In 1972, John won an Edgar Award from the Writers Guild of America for Best TV Feature or Miniseries Teleplay for the TV movie Thief. John D.F. Black died of natural causes and is survived by his wife Mary and his two sons. He was 85. I would also like to note the passing of uh, Penny Marshall. Uh, her death came down right before the writing for this episode. Uh, though she is not really, you know, sci-fi or fancy related, she was very pop culture with Laverne and Shirley, and uh, you know, she did uh, kind of start out Mork and Mindy too. Uh, she was seventy-five years old, and uh, she will be missed. This brings us to the end of another big episode. I would like to re- make a request of you. I'm planning a special show. For the first one of 2019. And I would like you to tell me what geeky thing you're looking forward to most in 2019. Be it a book, a movie, or whatever. Just record a message and send it to me. Or write write it, uh, an email to me. And send it to feedback at multiversetonight.com That's feedback at multiversetonight.com now, I've lined up an interview with my friend Jason Hunt about the return of sci-fi for me, but I'd love to have your input. Please send it to me before Christmas Day. Now be sure to check us out on social media. We're at Twitter, at Multiverse Tom, also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And if you'd like to contribute some money, do so at Coffee. that's K-O, fi.com slash multiverse or on Patreon as well and be sure to visit multiversetonight.com and check out our affiliate marketplace links the link to our T public store show notes and so much more and if you're a subscriber please be sure to share us with your friends and if you're brand new to the show just be sure to subscribe and leave us with some feedback and let us know how we're doing Special thanks to Lobo Loco to our theme music. Thanks for watching Multiverse Tonight. We'll be back in two weeks. Now, please exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night.
Multiverse Tonight is a production of Half-Baked Genre Productions. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. And that ends a uh, another edition of uh, Multiverse tonight. Uh, you know, it's been a good 2018. I mean, this is you know, I started this show ha- about halfway through the year, and I'm I'm you know I'm happy with it. Uh, again, you know, as I said, you know, please go, please uh, go to our T Public store. You can get st- stuff such as this lovely uh, art print. Uh, frame not included, and uh, you know, I look. I really look forward to twenty nineteen. Uh, as I as I said, we're gonna do some more. We're gonna do more with uh, sci-fi for me dot com. I'm gonna start writing the, writing uh, a column. You know, my column back for them. You know, and participate maybe in other ways. Uh, we're also going to be uh, at the uh, doing some convention. Uh, visits and uh, you know maybe something else I don't know you know the, the future is wide open so uh, thank you for joining us and uh, have a good uh, rest of your day goodbye <laughs>